Welcome to South Shore Piano, the official podcast of the South Shore Piano School. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and on this podcast, we talk with students, parents, teachers, and other leaders to find out exactly how music education is changing lives every day. I'm thrilled to have as my guests today, Kyle Rentz and Healy Samus. They are the co-founders and directors of Break a Leg Theater Works, based right here in the South Shore in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Did I get that right, Marshfield? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we were heard- I mean, we're, we're all over the place, but yeah. Okay, so I wanted to make I wanted to make sure I wasn't off on that. So uh, they're doing some phenomenal things with uh, students aging and ranging in age from age eight to eighteen. They produce a wide variety of productions, including cabarets, musical theater, virtual movie experiences, and I'm just so thrilled to talk with them today. Thank you, Kyle and Healy, for joining me today. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. Now, I had my first exposure to you, ironically, during the pandemic. You guys had a virtual holiday production featuring around 50 students, and I was just so impressed by that. And clearly, you're working some true magic with these kids. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you about how you came to be, your backgrounds, what you do with these students changing lives every day. So to start with, you probably get this question a lot, but I would love to ask you guys, how did Break a Leg Theater come to be? Well, actually, believe it or not, Healy and I know each other from a children's theater in third and fourth grade. And That's we amazing. in that children's theater um, in, in Norwalk, Connecticut, and uh, became friends. And uh, actually, that children's theater evolved, and we wound up staying with it um, until we graduated high school. We also went to the same high school as well. So even though we were in different middle schools, we wound up coming to school together. And so uh, the sentiment of that theater, I think, always stayed with us and how much fun it was and how validated we felt there. And so um, when we got the opportunity, uh, we uh, came together and we always said, we want to do this someday, kind of try something on our own. And then the opportunity kind of came our way. That's amazing. Is it, was, that, was that right here on the South Shore? Yeah, I had been living in the South Shore and Kyle in New York um, after a long stint on Broadway. And um, we had both sort of, every time we we talked, we'd, we'd say, you know, we should do a, a theater someday. Yeah, we're going to do it one day. Um, and, you know, we had both sort of gotten to the ends of our, what we were feeling our careers at that time. And we're like, let's let's try to do something. I knew somebody at a storefront down in Plymouth and we we went and we decided to just try a little cabaret. And we started with one small cabaret, not really knowing much what we were doing, but once the kids came into audition, they were astounding. And we just, we got hooked right away. <laughs> and it grew from there. That's phenomenal. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your backgrounds. Uh, you mentioned that you guys were both in musical or in children's theater growing up. What was that experience like? Like, how would you say that sort of shaped your lives at that point? Well, we went on uh, Saturdays, if I remember, from like 10 to 2. We pretty much do every Saturday. And at the beginning, I remember it was a lot of like workshops, um, character building. We played a lot of improv theater games. Um, and we were sort of working towards a show. I think the first show we did was Marla Thomas, Free to Be You and Me. But, you know, that shows a lot of vignettes. But what was really interesting is they were really getting to know us when we came in. Uh, the three adults that were running it would, you know, talk to us and really look at us as um, little individuals, not just children. And they really kind of validated us uh, finding creativity and emotion within 
So it felt like a really safe place that then, you know, begins to translate into other aspects of your life because you get more confident, you, you're more in touch with your emotions, you are, um, uh, have the ability to work through some of the problems and things. And so that's kind of what it was. I don't think we knew at the time, but it was something you look forward to because you really felt seen and heard. That's so wonderful, especially how it translates to the other aspects of your life. How about you, Healy? Yeah, for me, I was painfully shy when I was young. I mean, I'm still shy, but um, having that Saturday theater group every to look forward to and meeting like-minded friends, it it just made a world of difference for me. I remember, you know, my relatives and family being very surprised that I did theater, considering how closed off I was um, until I got on stage. And I, it's it's neat to see that those type of kids. We definitely have, you know, those type of kids in, in our program now. And it's just, it's, I know what confidence instilling it is or how confidence instilling it is um, and how life-changing it can be. So we just had so much fun. And Kyle and I were, were really, really into, we just really were into theater. And in high school, we used to get together with friends and we'd decide, you know, which Broadway album to put on and play and which part are you going to play today? You know, or we'd make up choreography and we just always, it's just sort of always ran in our, in our blood. <laughs> love it. And what I love about what you said is it sounds like this experience that you had as part of this children's theater group is now being sort of paid forward because now you're providing that experience for other students. And I'm curious if, the folks who taught you when you were kids knew that you were going to grow up to do this. I think that I would imagine that's really cool. Do you still, do you stay in touch with, with the people that worked with you back then? You know, I had sung at a, an anniversary a couple of years ago when I was able to come back and I did uh, see them. We haven't seen them in a while since, but it, the theater is still running and, and they're still doing great work and they're still impacting kids. And, and it seems to be um, something that's permanent and a place that uh, students in our hometown still go to. So, yeah, I mean, it's wonderful to kind of be aligned and also evolved into the next uh, to the future with our, our company. That's excellent. Now, after just kind of following your timeline, after your children's theater experience, where did your careers go that led you ultimately to starting this awesome nonprofit? Well, I, um, I, I, I wanted to study musical theater when I got my BFA uh, from the University of Hartford Hart School in uh, Theater. And I was blessed to get my uh, professional acting card, my equity card right away. Went right down to Walt Disney World singing in a show. And then when I was there, I auditioned for a little show called The Lion King. Um, <laughs> and I wound up getting cast in uh, the second production in the world, which was like the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles, California. And that began my uh, career with The Lion King five companies over 17 years, and then a lot of regional theater and worldwide theater working in Hong Kong. So a Disney kid, but also a professional actor who went around doing regional theater and just loved it, loved the experience, the people I met um, from around the world, the work ethic, the, um, you know, it was just extraordinary. I feel very, very blessed for um, the experiences I had through my 20s and, and 30s. And it was still on Broadway, actually, while this company was being formed. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Healy? Um, I studied theater at uh, the Tisch School of the Arts in New York City. And then um, right after I graduated, I moved to Boston and I was going to stay here temporarily, but I had uh, 
ended up settling down. I loved Boston when I came. I had um, met my my ex-husband at that time and mm-hmm. I had decided, decided to pursue, you know, motherhood and I, yeah. I got a career in um, special education and did that for 15 years. While I was doing that, I did some community theaters, I did some teaching, and then I had a eight-year run at the uh, Medieval Manor up in Boston. It, Love it. it dinner theater um yeah so um not as extensive as what kyle has done but definitely um got a lot of teaching experience over the course of my years very cool was there i'm just curious was there a sort of light bulb moment where you guys were like okay it's time for us to try something and see if this is going to work well i had gotten an injury one time with my first kind of major injury that was in a boot um and finally i had the time she kept saying why don't you come up here and i said where you know <laughs> so we came up um and we took the meeting and um then we were told to come up with your contact come up with the name so we just were sitting at the um her uh, dining room table <laughs> and it just began literally like brick by brick you know uh we came up with a name and and what was great is I was able to use a lot of my um, friends that I've, and colleagues and contemporaries that I've met over the years in all the different shows and things on Broadway, who um, I know love teaching and love sharing their story and sharing their insight to come up and work with us. So the first show, two of my, uh, one of my best friends that actually was my roommate at the time came up to um, sing. And then another friend from Lion King came up and they worked with the kids. That's how we got the first set of kids in the door. And then it just evolved and we were able to have, uh, I have friends come up who were on tour at the Opera House or friends, you know, New York is a, a quick flight away. But even right. in the beginning, I was commuting back and forth. I mean, there was a point where I had three jobs. I was working break a leg. I had was still on Broadway. So I had negotiated having every other weekend off for this stint. And she'd pick me up I would, and fly in. I was also working at the DOE. Fly in on a Friday night, we would teach all weekend and then get on the first flight back Monday. So it was a lot, of, but we felt something growing and permeating among the students and, and the families. So something told us to just keep going. That's dedication. How did you land on the name? Did it, did it just kind of come to you or was there something about it that you're just like, oh, this has to be it? <laughs> I was Googling and um, I Googled breakalectheater.com and I was like, no one owned it. I was like, this is interesting. And I wanted it to be, we wanted it to be something theater centric. And then, you know, break a leg is, 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 you know, go out there, have a good time, you know, good luck. It's, it's always, when you say that phrase, it's, it's very positive. And so once yes. we had both just settled on it, we uh, went with it. And then um, Kyle's neighbor from, from childhood ended up being a logo designer. So um, he offered to, to come up with some images and we had just given him some ideas of um, aesthetic, but we had not come up with that logo. Um, that wasn't like at all anything that we'd given him, but it was one of the renderings he had come back with us to come back with. And we, we loved it. <laughs> the backwards, we love the, uh, the logo here with the backwards K as the curtain. Cause yes. we feel like it represents a lot of theater kids. Definitely. Quirky. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I know, say, say what you said again. I said it represents a lot of our theater kids, quirky and eccentric, you know, but part, yeah, part of the yourself And being authentic in your own being and learning to celebrate your individuality and knowing that you have a, a gift and a purpose that's unique to your own and that is unlike anyone else's. So 
you know, is trying to tell them as soon as possible not to worry about comparing their journey as much as living their journey and being present in it. I love that. Living the journey. I think that should be everybody's motto, especially in the arts. You know, I think there's this perception that you have to be talented or when people just see the final product, it's like, oh, that's per that person's talented. I can't do this or my kid can't do this. But there's so much. Would you say there's a whole lot of skill behind the scenes that people don't see <laughs> leading up to that? Well, what's extraordinary about the kids is so we have a, a wide variety of kids. Like anyone is welcome in Break Life. But what I love is you'll have some kids who come for the camaraderie. They're really there because they love the community. You have some kids where it's a wonderful hobby that sort of like aligns their week. And then you have some kids who are like, this is what I want to do. Tell me everything you know. I want to have a professional career. And somehow, you know, when they all come together, and it's a beautiful thing because we also combine the ages, you just see that the the passion and the love is the community thing that kind of aligns and drives them. And then they start to really share in it together. And I always tell them, I'm like, you just have no idea of your collective power when you're all together because they're so appreciative, especially during this time that we figured out ways to uh, offer programming, they seem to dive in even deeper. So it's just been um, wonderful to, to, to watch and witness. I love it. So if somebody comes in, now I have what I've seen from the, the virtual production I watched and I've looked at the website and stuff like that, but I'd love to hear from you guys. If somebody comes in as say an eight-year-old, just have no idea what to expect, what would you say their experience would be like with break a leg theater? Say they come in as an eight year old and they stay for like the next five to 10 years. I think, you know, one thing that a lot of the kids um, tend to say when they're, you know, when they talk about break a leg is how supportive the environment is. And I attribute that so much to the students that we have. They are so, so, so um, supportive, kind to one another, excited. And, um, Kids, I think I, I agree with what you said before. A lot of times people feel intimidated to join because they feel that they already need to have that skill and right. they think they're going to be judged when they come in and it's, it couldn't be more different. You know, we, we, it's a safe place. And everybody always says that word safe. It's a safe place to fail. And um, we tell the students that we're, we're meeting you where you're at. Um, and one of the, the really great, uh, great pieces of break leg is that we do a lot of cabarets, not just a musical where you have to fit the students and assign them a role. In right. our cabarets that we do, we get to pick the material that's suited for each individual student. So, you know, someone who's new, maybe they'll just be in a group number and have a little step out solo, you know, it will push them just as much as they feel comfortable with. Um, but each time it gives us uh, the ability to challenge them, but also uh, not, you know, not intimidate <laughs> too much and to help them grow. So um, I think, you know, we do have a lot of students who come in new, but they end up staying because it is such a supportive environment. Um, and we had one student who even said, uh, you know, he used to feel bullied because, you know, he, he, he was in sports and he wasn't sure about doing theater and he felt, you know, a little mm -hmm. awkward. But once he came to break leg, he felt that theater was a superpower. Um, and he learned to embrace it. So uh, having all the other kids attest to that too is very helpful. I love your choice of words, superpower. Yeah. Speaking of superpower, that sort of leads to my next question. We know the arts, whether it be music, theater, 
painting, whatever, it really transforms lives. And as educators, we get to have kind of a front row seat to that transformation. Do you guys, are there any stories of students in particular that um, stick out in your minds? You mentioned the student who was bullied and then sort of found his superpower, his community. Are there any other student stories that kind of stand out in your mind of somebody who came to you and this was truly a, they're forever changed because of their experience with you guys at Break a Leg? Well, I'll tell you something that's extraordinary is uh, we have some original company members from our very first show who stayed with us all the way through graduation. Erin Field, who's now our production stage manager, she goes to school at Suffolk and then Dalton Laterney. They graduated and immediately began working for the nonprofit. And so while they're at school learning their education and um, learning more skills, they're immediately applying it to Break Leg. And so it's a testament to um, the, the sense of community that our retention is very, very high and students are now leaving and saying, how can I still be a part of the organization? And it's, a, it's across the board with us. And so uh, it's hard to even pick just one story, um, but I will say that, you know, this year we suffered a, a loss of a student who was oh, I'm sorry. part of our family. Yeah. And it really uh, strengthened our resolve into why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it made us just all even more present in the work and more um, purposeful in realizing that we do this because we love this. This is a, a place to come and to grow and to try things that scare us a bit. And so it's been um, sort of overwhelming to sort of see how the love and the passion and how they just seem to like, well, when I'm a senior and you'll be talking to, you know, a sixth grader and they're, they're forward thinking <laughs> because they see the examples since our age range is eight to 18 and it makes them want to stay because they've sort of grown with us. I love how you mix the different age groups. I think so often in an effort to kind of keep everybody with the same age. Well, it's what, it's what kids are used to in school, right? You're in third grade with all people the same age, fourth grade, people are on the same age. So sometimes even in the arts, people tend to have, you know, the, the, the concert with just the younger kids and then the concert with the older kids. But it sounds like you guys very effectively combined the, the age groups. What are the, what are some of the ways that you do that? So we love to do uh, cabarets. We love to do themed cabarets because it sort of gives them all an exploration of different genre of music. So yes, they do have shows that they do on their own throughout the year, different musicals, but with the theme cabarets, we're able to combine the ages. So sometimes we're able to even combine material that can work for an older student or a younger student, but they're always will be in the collective group numbers together and they sort of get to watch each other grow. So one of my favorite moments is a while ago, just we had a, a Zoom class, I think a couple of weeks ago, and sometimes we'll have master classes where we mix the ages and it'll be a Broadway star teaching. And, you know, it was one of our seniors and she was speaking to one of our um, fifth graders and she said, you know, I am a big fan of yours. I love watching your work when you sang da 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 And it's so amazing to see that, that, that relationship, the parallel between the two. And it really, really is remarkable because we were told, oh, you cannot combine the ages. You shouldn't combine the ages. And I was like, well, why not? Who's making up this rule? If they can just be together a couple of times throughout the year and it really has strengthened our, our collective resolve and, and our result too. I love it. So 
one thing that stood out to me again from that virtual production because you, you guys are celebrating five years now right yep and i really love the montage where you brought in you had it looks like a bunch of the broadway and hollywood stars that have come in to work with your students to say you know congratulations on five years and i was so impressed there's like this guy from this production and this girl from this production and it just went on and on and on and i'm like oh my gosh these kids get so much exposure to people actually doing the thing out on broadway what has the experience been like for those people because you've had you've clearly had a lot of them but what just reflecting back how has uh, how have these people who are you know doing however many shows a week how does that sort of change them working with students like this for me the people that have been coming have been people that in my career i've met that have, i've been friends with these are friends and people that i'm spiritually aligned with in the passion and the mission of the arts so these are people that you that work really, really hard in their craft but they also want to give back they want to share that knowledge and they're also fun and they love working with students so um you know we've now started to branch out a bit because word of mouth is spreading and we're, we're getting um some guest artists that aren't necessarily friends of mine which is a testament to our work but Yes. Um, in the beginning, it was just bringing people that that had a story to share that also wanted to be authentic and real with the, the students and, and talk about their struggles, their triumphs, you know, and, and also just let them know, hey, you know, I'm a real person. Some days this isn't easy, um, but some days it is exactly what you imagine the fairy tale of it to be. Yeah. And I know that they've they've all seemed to very much appreciate it for the same reason we do. Like they they become fans of, you know, some of the students that they work with. Um, they become friends on on social media. One awesome. student had an audition for Les Rob and reached out to one of our Eponines who had come and they had a little moment. It's very, very sweet. And they, I think they feel appreciative too because they see how, how much the students are eager for it and want to learn and are supportive. And it, it, it gives them a sense of, being able to give back and purpose too so they've all seemed to really appreciate it and love it and have asked to come back to teach more and um are just are are totally on board and it's been really remarkable remarkable uh, is the word yeah kyle you mentioned that and what one thing i love that you said was that there are some moments where these folks you bring in there's that moment of like yeah i'm human some days this is hard and getting back to this sort of perception that people have that there's this sort of magical talent. Do you ever find that in these kids work with, with yourselves and with these guests that you bring in that it sort of breaks that expectation that th there's just some magical luckiness or the stars aligned and that there is actual like daily work that, that has gone on and there have been like failed auditions that eventually led up to the one that works. Have you, have you found that that's made an impact on students expectations? Well, because uh, what happens is is when the when the guest artists are here, you know, first they walk in and there's the moment of like magic and a little like, wow, so-and-so is really here because the kids are, you know, so Broadway focused and, and, and they know who's coming and they'll do the research. But then, you know, we'll have rehearsal, they'll hear the person mess up their lyrics. Um, if there are guest artists, then, you know, we'll teach a master class and then they'll get to the Q&A and they'll talk about their most embarrassing moment on stage. And, you know, my favorite thing, though, is that uh, a lot of the guest artists have been sharing mindfulness with the students, you know, how to cope with rejection and how to um, let let go of things that you can't control 
and to be really present in the moment. And you do this because you love it, but you can't necessarily control the outcome, but you can control how you react to the outcome. So throughout, you know, the humanizing process of the guest artist being here, there's a natural, um, I think, relationship that occurs. And I, and the people that come are so authentic in sharing, you know, their true stories. And, and they always tell an embarrassing story. That's what the kids always want to hear. Tell me about, you know, most embarrassing moment on stage. And it'll be something right on Broadway, center stage. And <laughs> love that. So, yeah, I mean, I think in general, I think what I notice is the kids have learned early. Wow, these are just people. They're people who are masters in their craft, but also, um, you know, some days they lose. Some days aren't the greatest days ever. So if I know that now, maybe I can kind of let that part go and then just focus on the process and the purpose. Absolutely. I love that idea of just focusing on the process and not as much the outcome. I think so often we're in a product and outcome oriented society, especially in school. I mean, school doesn't really... They care if you get the right answers or you do the thing the right way. They don't look as much about the, the journey getting there. So another reason why I feel like your guys' work is so important, because when you look at what sort of truly makes students sort of successful and whatever they want to do, ultimately, it's about the process and not so much the outcome. So you guys, I think, are doing work that goes so much further beyond the the theater stuff it really applies to everything in these kids lives and i think a lot of the work we do <clears throat> is um you know that's that's what we ultimately hope these kids I, will learn that it's about more than just a final product it's about the the process and dealing with failure and rejection and that knowing that that's part of the process and it's not my life is over <laughs> if i if i fail at this this thing yeah so we're coming up on almost a year now of covid-19 and you guys have clearly thrived through that. I'd love to hear about how that, you know, I'd love to hear the story about what happened. You know, so there's lockdown. You guys are used to getting together uh, every week. What, uh, I, I, tell me the story. <laughs> we had, um, funny enough, right before thing, COVID really hit, um, we had decided that we should probably learn how to do like the Zoom platform um, and possibly offer some online programming so that we could reach out because we have a lot of, you know, connections down in Connecticut where we grew up and uh, family, you know, throughout the U.S. and um, nieces that are nephews that are coming up. So anyway, we we had actually worked with Dalton who who is working our technology consultant and he started we actually were almost pivoting before the pivot happened so we we were lucky enough that we were pretty prepared once it started to to try some online programming so we started right away by moving things online um and we did lots of zoom zoom camps you know theater camps we did um a whole master class series because everybody in broadway's out of work so they they were all happy to to come be paid to do you know have a teaching gig and yeah. um so we did a master class series and that worked uh well for a while until zoom fatigue kind of sit in set in and um and that's when we had this opportunity to do our first uh, green screen production. Um, that's a very interesting story, how that came about. Kyle, I'll let you describe how that happened. <laughs> well, so no, you know, one of the great things we did, Zoom was starting after they learned and, you know, we were still out of school for that time. Um, during the summer, we did a really awesome um, virtual 
like a camp, performing arts experience, where they had like three classes a day and they could switch class. They were doing costuming and they were working with technical design and with our, our production team. Because when we couldn't do the musicals, we kind of just pivoted as a team. What could you teach? And the kids signed up and it went really, really well. One of the camps we also did, because we were supposed to take the kids to see a Les Miserables, and we were going to have some master classes with the principal players there. The resident director of the show happens to be a good friend of mine from college. And uh, one of the young ladies we met in the class, uh, who played Madame Thenardier, uh, Michelle Dowdy, she was working with the kids. She worked with us, I think, two weeks over that summer. And then we were going to, we loved her so much, we were going to work with her on a hairspray camp because she had done hairspray on Broadway. And she said, you know, my um, uh, boyfriend has written a show. It was off Broadway, and we've been trying to figure out a way to do it with students. Um, can I give you the script to read? So we read this script, and it was interesting to us and zany, and we felt like it had a small enough cast that we could find a way to do it COVID safe. And then we took it to our team and Justin Lehu, who's another also student right now who's um, studying um, in uh, Boston, uh, and he's our technical director, came up with the idea of these green screen pods. And so what we were able to do was uh, the kids would come in and lay down their audio tracks in a recording studio one at a time, COVID safe. And then we would bring them in on the green screen pod where they would sometimes do their dialogue live but then they could lip to their songs and do choreography. And the kids loved it. They just loved having something to look forward to. You do the Zoom rehearsals during the week, then you come in, you lay down your track, then maybe you come back the next week and you film. And it was a hit. Night of the Living Dead was a hit. Everyone <laughs> loved it. They couldn't believe we were able to pull it off. And then that's when we pivoted to what you saw, Jonathan, which was uh, our second production, Sounds of the Season. We got more kids. We went up to a cast of 50. And that's great because wow. It's the come as you are thing like she was talking about. So some kids are rapping, some kids are singing duets, some kids are doing scene work and it's sort of uh, a myriad of their talent. That's phenomenal. I think I love hearing stories like this because so, you know, this is a disaster the world hasn't seen in like a hundred years. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's really easy for, you know, being a parent, especially was hard before there was a pandemic. Now it's even harder. And it's e really easy for people to just close shop or say, all right, we're closed until this is over whenever normal comes back. But I, I love this as a, a really amazing example of just resilience and saying, okay, we're going to continue making an impact in these kids' lives and we're going to pivot and we're going to make this thing awesome. And you're, you're, you're clearly doing that. It's so cool to watch. So five years later, and you're in the middle of a global uh, you know, crisis. Hopefully we're, we're seeing the end of the tunnel, but how does it feel? I know that's a, 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 a big question, but how does it feel to have, you know, been at, excuse me, to have been at this for five years and to have thrived through one of the greatest disasters the world's seen in human history? You know, we had rehearsal this weekend and we're doing two of the virtual movie musicals coming up. Our, our little ones are doing high school musical junior and then our high school is going to be doing the drowsy chaperone. And we had rehearsal for both this weekend, you know, uh, and to see the kids, uh, the uh, High School Musical Day was in person for the first day and Drowsy was the next day online. But to see them coming in so prepared, so passionate, so excited, so appreciative to have an opportunity. And, you know, in those moments, I'm realizing they forget that there's a pandemic. 
They have something to focus on. They have a goal. They have an aligned goal. They're still getting a sense of community. They know they'll get some moments in person together. They know that they have an individual responsibility because only one person can go in that booth at a time. And every single one of them has to go in there and lay down their voices. And so to me, the, I have was been so grateful to be able to be working during this time, to be able to focus on them, to be able to find ways to still have impact and to educate them. And I tell you, they have been walking in such gratitude in a way that I haven't even um, seen this year because, you know, maybe before they were over, over scheduled. And now it just seems like such, such a, a golden opportunity. And they just dive in 100%. It is. We feel a lot of gratitude. And I think it's only been recently that we've started to look back and say, wow, we really did a lot this year. But we've always been different in that. Um, the, the other theater companies in the community are wonderful. They, they, but they, they produce live events for adults, you know, and they also have a children's sector and they have their own space, most of them, um, or they have their set spaces and their set seasons. And that's never been something that we've been able to do yet because we haven't had our one location and we, we are looking for a theater. We are going to be trying to find a big home location and that's a huge project coming up. But in the meantime, we have always had to pivot. We have always had to find spaces. You know, when we did our first, the very first full length musicals, we um, didn't have a team together. Kyle and I didn't know much about lighting or set design or <laughs> costumes. We, I, we didn't have, we didn't even have a theater. So um, we've always had to get ahead of ourselves and create, create, create and, and work, you know, it's, it was more about the process and the program and giving the kids what they deserve and what they need and what they want. Um, so that when we got to this, you know, time, it, it, it sort of was second nature for us to like, okay, well, we have to change. Let's, what are we going to do next? What's big, something big, exciting that we can do that will, that will make them interested, you know, that will engage the students and what do they want? So, um, it, it had, it, it almost feels like it hasn't really changed in a way, <laughs> you know, because we're always, we're always working and working on the next thing. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it, it's hard because we'll have parents reach out. What are you going to do next summer? What are you going to do here? We're like, we don't know yet. We can't figure it out because <laughs> we can only do a little bit at a time, but, um, but it's, it's sort of worked in our favor this year. And I think we're just full of gratitude that we were able to align you know, what, what's needed or what's wanted out there with what we can provide at this time. So, yeah, it sounds like you're already used to thinking very much outside the box. So this is just another opportunity to think outside the box and yeah. it majorly paid off, you know, for your, for the, for the students who have this unique and remarkable opportunity. When you see the collective talent level growing and increasing, no matter what perspective they have, like if they're just coming for the community building, collectively their talent just continues to grow. And you're, you're thinking and always wondering about opportunities and ways to make them shine, things that are the next test or the next level for them to navigate through. And, and, and they seem to love these, love, love, love these virtual movie musicals. And so um, they, they, their skill and their um, um, passion about it is increasing. That is amazing. So looking ahead at the next five years, what's your, what, what's your vision for Break a Leg in the community? 
Well, you know, we need a theater. We do. We, we, we have such loyal families and we have such a great following and, and we have amazing community partners now. So many windows and doors and our opportunities are opening for our students and their talent is starting to speak for itself. You know, uh, yes. saying to me, wow, you know, can you sit, can your kids come here? Can your kids do this? And I think the next thing we need is a theater so that we can produce seasons of work for them and know that you can set a technical calendar that's going to give opportunity to the myriad of students we have in many, many different ways and continue also our pipeline of bringing up um, masters in, in their craft to um, also align and educate as well. Yeah, and also um, we, as Kyle mentioned before, a lot of the alumni that we've had so far are starting to work for us. Um, and I think we intend to keep that going. I mean, we've had a lot of um, juniors and seniors, well, seniors who have gotten into performing arts programs all around. Um, and yeah, it's been amazing. And we have so many students are going off to, to hone their craft in. Um, a lot of them are going to be close by too. So we're excited to maybe engage them in running some new branches and new programming, you know, in other areas. Um, hopefully having a headquarters in Plymouth or somewhere down in the South Shore. <laughs> demand is there for a college program. So that's our next step. And, and we'll continue to um, work with our students of all ages. You know, our junior productions are just remarkable. Um, their, their, their skill and, and, and their, their craft level, I, I was blown away with. I didn't know how I'd be with the younger ones, but now I realize that it's just age is just a number in any, any direction. So um, I'm just curious to see how the evolution continues and hopefully we can uh, uh, match the demand and the, the uh, talent. Love it. So you're, I'm just thinking your teachers from when you were in children's theater so long ago must be so proud of you right now. And I also love it that you have people who are graduating and then coming back. So it's almost like the the love is spreading <laughs> sort of a thing, or you're, you're inspiring the next generation. And any of these folks that you're graduating, you know, might end up starting their own kind of a thing one day. And I think this is how we change the world. I love it. Huge fans of you guys. If somebody's listening to this and wants to get their kids involved with Break a Leg, what should their next step be? Well, you can go to our website, which is Break a Leg Theater, E-R for theater, not the old English spelling, dot com. And you can subscribe at our website and then uh, you'll be the first to know whenever new programming pops up because we do have um, every month we have pop up opportunities. And also you'll be able to know when our movie musicals are going to come out so that you can buy a ticket and come to those. Um, and also, yeah, we would just always have um, opportunities that keep evolving. As you know, it's the pandemic, so it's hard to plan too far out, especially without having your own space. But I promise you we'll have amazing things coming this summer. And uh, we have a great Broadway star coming the end of this month, uh, Abby Mueller. So uh, she's in six right now, and she's going to come and teach a master class on belting. So, yeah. Love it. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. This has been such a wonderful, inspiring, heartwarming conversation. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yes, and thank you for all you do as well.
Yes. <laughs> oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of this. Thank you so much to all of our listeners out there. Again, this is South Shore Piano, the official podcast of the South Shore Piano School. If you enjoyed this, do hit the subscribe button on your podcast app, or if you're checking us out on the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so that you're among the first to find out about new episodes as they're released. We publish new episodes every Monday and Friday. I'm Jonathan Roberts, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.